today's video, I'm going to answer or do an investment analysis of IBM after it announced its though. I need to let you know you can get this series of podcasts anywhere in the world for free on all major podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, iTunes, and more. You can get this as part of the I Love Value Investing podcast anywhere in the world for free to subscribe and hit the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. Okay, so IBM the other day, about a week ago now, as I'm recording this, <clears throat> announced that it was going to spin off a business. It was going to keep its cloud and AI business that's growing rapidly in one business, in the IBM kind of mainline business, and it's going to spin off its IT infrastructure services and kind of old school hardware business into another entity. Sometime before 2021. I don't know, have any idea why by the it's they just said by the end of 2021. I have no idea why. Um, this process takes so long, but we're gonna cover this today because I'm assuming over the coming months there's gonna be more information about this. So I'll update the case study, but I wanna give you my thoughts on this on IBM as a potential investment and potentially investing in this spinoff situation. Now, um, based on the information we have now, because they also just released third quarter earnings um, on the 19th, which you can see below, which is three days ago as of this recording. Another reason I want to do this is because frankly, big time spinoffs don't happen very often. So this is fascinating to me. Um, actually, when I first started investing, I first started investing in special situations, spinoffs, going private transactions, those kind of things after reading Joel Greenblatt's great book. Um, what is it? You can, you too can be a stock market genius where he talks about special situations. Some of my best investments have been in special situations. And frankly, I haven't even looked at one in years because there hasn't been one that I've been even remotely interested in until this IBM one. So these, what you're seeing here, is its earnings presentation and its earnings report. This is not the actual full earnings report. This is a press release. There's frankly, um, it has all the most the important information in here. So we're going to go through these. I'm going to tell you what I think of IBM based on what it says here and also Morningstar, which we're going to go to in a little bit. Okay. So it's splitting its business off into two entities. It bought Red Hat, um, IBM bought Red Hat last year to transform its business. It's a mainline kind of old school business has been declining for years in terms of revenue. So it bought Red Hat for $34 billion last year. And Red Hat is a hybrid, quote, a hybrid cloud company. I'm not getting into, going to get into the technical terminology in this video. Um, so if you want to look it up, uh, feel free to do so on your own. But to try to stay out of the minutia and just try to stay to the investment analysis part, I'm not going to get into a lot of the technical details in this video because, frankly, they're boring. <laughs> so, um, but Red Hat is in the hybrid cloud industry. Um, which is a huge opportunity, of course. You see this kind of stuff in investor presentations all the time. $1 trillion opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
is growing 16% or growing revenue 16% per year. That Porsche or Red, the Red Hat company alone, the entire cloud business at IBM is growing at 19% per year, which is fantastic, especially for a gigantic company like IBM, especially when its revenue has been dropping for years, maybe close to a decade now. We'll see that when we get to the um, to the uh, Morningstar numbers. Ton of cash on its balance sheet. Usually a good thing. Um, this goes over their different business lines. Scanning through this real quick to see if there's anything important I want to talk about here. Most of it's on this other sheet and also the, um, the Morningstar page that I want to talk about. And I'm going to pause and bring you back, actually, so you don't, <laughs> so you're bored out of your mind watching this. Okay, finally found something interesting. So I, IBM, old school IBM revenue has been falling for years, and it's still as a whole falling, but cloud revenue is up um, in the year-to-year -year period and also in the quarterly period, or in the nine months period, nine months of this year, sorry, and also the quarter-to-quarter -quarter period. Um, what's the star? What's the star? Recast to conform with 2020 presentation. Not quite sure what that means. Oh, maybe there was some final number adjustments at the end of last year. Um, nothing really major here. Costs are rising. Not a great thing, of course. This is interesting. So there are also the cloud and cognitive business line they're going to be spinning off also has the highest gross margin of any business they have it, um, as well, which I didn't realize that's fascinating. Hopefully they have that same down here for operating profit as well, which it does not look like they do. Okay, a lot of cash, uh, a lot of goodwill. We talked about in the last couple of videos, not necessarily a good thing, frankly, mostly useless. Um, there would be some value here. Most likely, but still, that's <laughs> most of this is not worth anything in a real-world economic sense. If you want further explanations on those, check out the um, I think it's the AT&T analysis I did, and also the what was the other one? Checking on my other screen here, what the other one was? Um, the analysis of T-Mobile, and I think I did one on. Or I know I did one on Cody, but I think I talked about goodwill and intangible assets in those as well. So if you want more information on those, why I don't necessarily like um, goodwill, especially and intangibles, to me don't have much value, go to those videos. Debt. They have a lot of debt. Retirement, obligations, long-term debt, and short-term debt equal about 81 billion ish off the top of my head which is a ton of debt for we'll see what its market cap here is in a little bit but that is a ton of debt okay so this must be the huge negative number must be from uh, the acquisition of red hat which makes sense because that was about for 34 billion dollars so net that was probably about 3.2 or 32 billion dollars that's why there's such a huge difference here in the quarter to quarter period um don't see much here. I thought there would be more in here that was interesting. Oh, here we go. This is interesting. So the cloud and AI has the highest gross margin, has the highest pre-tax margin as well of any of the business lines. Same here. This is three months, three months, 
Okay, so this last year and this is this year. So its margin actually went up by a significant amount in the year-to-year -year period. And there's more stuff in here that I would find, but again, I don't wanna bore you with some of these details. So let's get to the key ratios, or not the key ratios, we're getting to that in a second. The Morningstar pages. So it has a huge dividend <clears throat> in the AT&T video and I believe also the Exxon video. All of these videos that I've done in the past on the investment analysis that I've mentioned, you can find a link below this. In those videos specifically, I mentioned any stock that has a dividend yield above 5%, it's mostly a red flag and you need to figure out what's going on. So that's the first thing that catches my eye here is the dividend of 5%. We need to figure out if that's sustainable, how they're paying for that dividend, are they issuing shares, are they issuing debt, all that kind of stuff. Oh, and its market cap is $103 billion versus about $81, $82 billion in short-term and long-term debt and also um, retirement obligations. So that's a massive number. Massive, massive, massive number. We'll go into more detail on that in a second. So here's what I'm talking about, the revenue decline. Uh, decline pretty significantly over the last decade. Um, because their business, they're kind of old school hardware slash IT services business that they're spinning off. is not growing. Um, it's actually decaying. So um, that's a huge reason they're planning to spin that business off. This led to a decrease in operating margin and operating profits. For, again, a pretty significant drop in both. Drop in earnings per share while the dividend increased. Dividend is still covered by earnings per share, but the payout ratio has gone from 21.7% 21, 21 in 2010 to 73.6% in this year. They've been buying back shares which is typically a good thing because most of this time they've been undervalued um, by most estimates. Book value per share is rising. Again, I told you why that was, um, that's mostly due to the increase in acquisition from Red Hat. So far, it's been an okay acquisition. Um, probably better than okay after they do the spinoff, they can concentrate more. But the huge thing there is that it was mostly funded through debt which again, is not a great thing. Free cash flows down in the last decade, not a huge amount compared to operating profit and income. ROIC, way down. This is one of my favorite metrics. I want this to be about 10% on a consistent basis. At the beginning of the decade, it was 30%, which is fantastic. Now it's 9.4%. The So that's not great, obviously. The more... The more money a company makes and the higher profitability it has on ROIC, the more profitable the company is, the more money it earns, and the higher likelihood it has competitive advantage. So you can see that not only has its revenue declined above, but also this is a good sign that its competitive advantages have declined as well as its kind of mainline business has declined. Another thing here, comparing this to ROE, just comparing these two numbers, I can tell that IBM has a lot of debt. Again, we already know that because we looked at its balance sheet briefly, but just by looking at these two numbers in comparison to each other, you can tell that IBM has a lot of debt um, because the higher 
or because ROE is leveraged by debt, while ROIC is not. Free cash flow to sales. I look for anything about five percent here. This is so. This is fantastic. Cash. So they have a lot of cash, but they also have even more debt. Their liability, total liabilities as a percentage of the balance sheet is eighty six point seven percent, which is a lot, and it's even higher in a reward sense. Sorry, I don't know why it keeps doing that on Morningstar. Uh, because of the intangibles we already talked about. And again, if you want more context into why I don't like intangibles, go and watch those other videos I talked about and that are linked below. But in a real world sense, I would discount this probably by at least 75%. The total intangibles, which we'll get to in a minute, which would probably put their total liabilities into the negative territory. Which, when that happens, when there's negative equity right here, that means the book value of the shares or the shareholder's equity, uh, that means the same thing. That means essentially the share, shares on the market that you're buying shareholder's equity it, are worth less than zero, which is not good. But if, as I explained in a previous video in this series, it's not necessarily a real world applicable thing anymore because of this doesn't include their operations. This is just the value of their balance sheet. Uh, debt to equity. I look for anything under about one for conservatism's sake. So that shows they have debt, which again, of course we know. Uh, cash conversion cycle, nothing really of major note there because that didn't change much. The quarterly numbers. And I don't know if these are updated numbers. Um, I don't think they are yet on our morning stars. So some of the numbers from here are going to be different from some of the numbers we just looked at on the actual earnings, but this will still tell the story. So they have $14 billion in cash versus about $81 billion in debt. Not good. Um, again, a lot of that debt is from retirement obligations and also the red hat acquisition. This is also another troublesome number, the goodwill. Again, I would discount almost 100% of this number. Okay, so there's a net number. So yeah, this isn't updated. Actually, let me go look at the debt. Uh, it might be actually, because that's pretty close, and that doesn't include the 11 rounded up, it's 56. That doesn't include the um, long-term pension obligations either. So this might be updated. But either way... They have way too much debt for not only the size of the company, but also when you compare the debt level to their intangibles or after you consider that I would discount the intangibles by about 75% here because if they're a huge amount of debt, if I, if, and when I do that and I would, their shareholders equity number goes negative. Uh, again, not a huge deal, but it's not a great thing, typically. Again, for reasons I mentioned in the other videos. Not evaluation. And I'm going through this a little bit quick um, because I talk about some of this other stuff in the other videos. So again, that's why I mentioned if you want to learn more about specific things I'm talking about, make sure to go to those videos. 
So it looks cheap on a price to earnings, price to cash flow, and forward PE ratio. Frankly, I don't use these metrics very much. Um, I use them as a quick reference, but in reality, I use EV to EBIT for my main relative valuation. Of course, I use EV free cash flow, EV to owner's earnings once I get to that point. But at this visual analysis stage, um, this is what I use. And the reason it's EV to EBIT is so much higher than its PE and price to cash flow and board PE is because this includes debt. PE, price to cash flow, and price to forward earnings does not which is why I don't rely on those metrics very much um, because most companies on in the world have debt. And when you have an enormous amount of debt, that adds to your valuation. And as a, the way I like to think of owning a stock is that I'm a business owner in the entire company. So I want to know about the cash. I want to know about the debt. I want to know about the obligations, which is why I use, again, enterprise value to EBIT and even a more advanced version, total enterprise value to EBIT. What this shows is for enterprise value to EBIT, for a company to be undervalued or to, for me to consider them to be undervalued, I look for anything above, under eight or below. On these metrics up here that I just talked about, I look for anything under 20 or below. So in a real world sense, once you consider debt, that means that IBM is fairly valued to slightly overvalued, um, kind of at best. In a real world business owner economic sense. That's what that means. So it's got a lot of debt. It's fairly valued to slightly overvalued. But it's still enormously profitable, turning out a ton of cash, and it's doing a spinoff. And usually after spinoffs happen, uh, the stocks of both companies tend to skyrocket afterwards because they can focus more on their own operations. And people, frankly, people just like to speculate in spinoffs as well. Sorry, it's taking drink of water. So what would I recommend for IBM right now? What I recommend for IBM right now, and before I say that, actually, I need to give a disclaimer here that I don't short stocks. I don't own any stock in IBM, and I don't short stocks. I have no personal interest in IBM other than doing this analysis for informational purposes. Um, <clears throat> the reason I'm saying this is because <laughs> it's on some of the other videos, people making some weird, funny, nasty comments, depending on how you took them, about my lack of ability <laughs> to analyze stocks um, and saying I need to do more homework, even though I called that Cody was overvalued in last November and its stock is down 8% since then. And I made an updated video <laughs> and people didn't like the new video. So this is for informational purposes. Um, Again, I don't own stock in it. I don't short stock. So I don't have a personal emotional interest in this company at all. Um, but from this visual look, which essentially it covers my visual preliminary analysis checklist here, um, which you can get access to the full preliminary analysis for free below that I do on all stocks that I look at. This is just the visual part. What I would recommend here, ton of cash, huge profits, spin-off are all positives. Huge debt, overvaluation, due to the huge debt, negatives. So what I would recommend here is 
to wait on IBM until there's more clarity around the spinoff. What do I mean by that? So what I mean by that is that when a company does a spinoff, they can kind of pick and choose where they want their financial assets and financial liabilities to go. So they can pick and choose kind of where to put the goodwill, where to put the intangibles, and where to put the debt. Until that is known, I don't recommend buying IBM right now. If you already own it, hold your shares because until that information is known, um, you might want to just hold on to both companies. We don't know until that information is out. But if you're looking to buy a new stock now, I wouldn't recommend buying it until more clarity is given on where the debt is going to end up, where the goodwill is going to end up, where the intangible assets are going to end up. Because as of this writing or as of this recording, there isn't clarity on that. There's clarity on the kind of revenue split, which, um, if memory serves me right, and I didn't, I don't have that up anywhere. I don't think is there's going to be the main mainline kind of IBM business, the AI and cloud business is about a fifty billion dollar a year business in revenue, and the old school kind of IT services business is going to be about a sixteen billion dollar a year revenue business. I think it was 19, 16 or 19 billion dollar a year revenue business, but that business already has $108 billion or again, around that number. I'm sorry, I should have had that um, screen up as well in backlog, which means they have revenue generation built out for at current run rate of about again, 16, 19 billion dollars a year of almost six years. So it will depend a lot on or the kind of prospects of each of these stocks after they spin, spin off and split will a lot be a lot affected be a lot affected there we go by which company is more indebted and where they put the intangibles and the goodwill uh, again until there's more clarity on that i wouldn't recommend investing in this as a brand new investment um, i don't know when that's going to come frankly because they said by the end of 2021, they plan this spinoff to happen. Uh, I don't know. It could be sooner. It could be later. They didn't really give much clarity on that at the earnings uh, quarterly earnings call. So until there's more clarity on the debt and those things I mentioned, the Google and the intangibles, I would kind of hold off because, frankly, it'll depend a lot the where they put the debt and the intangibles and the goodwill will affect the profitability of each company substantially. Uh, and I value companies based on the profits and cash flows. So without that information, I can't even really put a fair value, even estimate on either company, which is where we get back to the valuation and is it a good buy or not? Because for example, if the AI, if they put most of the debt, goodwill and intangible assets in the old line business, which frankly they probably should, especially with the goodwill and intangibles, um, and probably a, to a smaller portion of the debt, then the new company, the new IBM, could be a spectacular investment because they would be they would have low debt and their balance sheet would be really clean. If they kind of split it 50-50, it might be kind of an okay investment if they give it to the new business, which I don't kind of envision them doing. Um, <clears throat> and again, I say they can kind of pick and choose where the... the um, 
the goodwill debt intangible assets and other assets and liabilities go they can to a degree it also depends on regulations and accounting rules and stuff like that uh but there's a lot of wiggle room to where they can put stuff but they still have to abide by those rules so that a lot of that will depend on those kind of things as well so what i'm recommending right now is or what i think of this investment right now is it looks potentially good but it depends on where they put the assets and liabilities when the spinoff happens. So right now, I just kind of wait. If you own the stock, wait and just write it out um, for the reasons I mentioned. If you're looking to buy, again, I just wait as well. So I hope this helps. I hope this um, was interesting. I hope you find this of value. If you're looking to learn more about the specific things that I go into, like goodwill and tangible assets, um, stuff like that. Make sure to check out the other videos in the series below. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure like, love, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. I'm already going to make a video from a, a one subscriber or one commenter on YouTube. He asked me to look at US still for him, so I got that on the calendar to look at, I think, next week. If you want me to look at a stock, let me know in the comments below, and I'd look at a stock for you as well. The only stocks I will not look at are banks, um, because frankly, I don't evaluate banks. So... And also insurance companies because they take longer to, you have to actually own other financials to kind of get a good idea about uh, those as well. But other than that, I'll look at any stock you want me to worldwide. Also make sure to like, love, share, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. If you listen on the podcast, like, love, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. We really appreciate a review after you download as well because the more reviews, views, and listens we get, the more people we can help with our content. If you're also looking for help on how to become a better value investor faster and how to um, evaluate stocks faster and better than most people, we have free resources below. We have five free resources, including valuation templates and uh, uh, metric calculations. Sorry. You can get that below. We have a seven tips guide, seven tips to picking great stocks, and you can also get my book how to value invest in a pdf form for free below as well if you're looking for information on how and more direction on how to reach our goals in investing faster we've also got a value investing masterclass with information below this as well but until next time have a great day talk soon bye